0: We are studying God's enemy, we are studying about the enemy of those of us who have been born again, and we are seeking to know him better. We have examined him under the name devil. which means accuser. And he's that. I'm good for accusations. Accusations is a false reflect. The master of Israel. Satan. Yeah. And we I'm have Examined him under the name Satan, which means adversary. And he is that the enemy, understands in the way, one who attacks, and names connected with that, which describe as adversarial role, a badon, a poly, meaning destroyer. Like destroyer. Beelzebub, Beelzebub, again, lord of the dwelling or king, wicked one, murderer, and many other creatures are used in scripture to indicate uh, his ferocity as one who is an adversary, scorpions, horses prepared for battle, lions, dragon, serpent. So we've examined all of this thus far in these recent Sabbath evenings, and again I know that God has a lot to say to us, but just because there's so much about him in here, even these terms its not just mentioned scorpions, horses prepared for battle, lions, etc. The devil is in here as much as God. The devil is mentioned over and over and over and over and over again in his first appearance in Eden and even uh, information about him before that. Now we come to a third title, third name that is used uh, besides uh, the name Satan, the name devil. That is the name in 2 Corinthians 6.15. Remember these names tell us something about the person. Just as your name when it's mentioned to somebody tells them something or when someone's name is mentioned to you, it tells you something about them. Recently, you think of how they are. Second six fifteen. It is the name Delilah. Where. Satan or the devil, under this name, is contrasted with Christ. This is one of the great passages of separation, by the way. There are professing Christians who think that we can just mix with anybody or anything. Well, the Bible certainly doesn't teach that. This passage, uh, beginning in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 6, is very plain in that not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's a very important matter. That can apply not only to marriage, as it often is, but may even be applied to business, tying yourself up in a, a personal business with some unsaved person. Not to get yourself into that kind of a yoke if you're a believer. And so it goes on, making this contrast, and finally we come here in 15, to the difference between Christ and Belial. Now, what does Belial mean? If you were to call someone Belial, what are you saying of okay. him? Here's what you're saying. Here's the definition. It is a reference to someone who is worthless, reckless, and lawless. That's not a very high recommendation. I'm sure you would like that made of view, That you are worthless, reckless, and lawless. But that's how God describes Satan, the devil, in his word. Particularly lawlessness. Satan is a personification of lawlessness. somewhere after his creation I can't even use the word something because that's a location word in time but at some time, some point to try to describe human language Satan the devil decided that he did not wish to be bound by the law of his making he became lawless. And that's obvious when he appears in Eden, isn't it? Because that's exactly the very thing that he sought to instigate, lawlessness. Now uh, the term is synonymous with iniquity in Second 2 Thessalonians 2.7. getting into this more later, but for the time being, verse 7 will suffice. This is really the mystery of lawlessness, the mystery of iniquity doth already work, said Paul, the visible church of Thessalonica like in the first century. Only he who now letteth or hindereth, if you have uh, the Bible with you that someone recently bought, I'm sure that that is... Find at the bottom of the page, so, the word death. Find this ignorance until he be taken out of the way. Now, the mystery of iniquity is the thing of which we speak, it is embodied in Satan, the devil. Called Goliath, lawlessness. See, God gave Adam and Eve the law. Truly, really, what He did He gave them a commandment. Begin with the law. The law as a rule to live by. The law which, if they had kept, we can't even begin to envisage what that would be like had they not disobeyed it. But they were in personal, intimate, wonderful fellowship with God as their maker, sustainer, provider. Beautiful relationship. But in comes Goliath. in comes Satan, in comes the devil. And he says... You can disobey it. Sure, God may have said it, but you can disobey it. It'll be alright. Prompted disobedience. Because if there's one thing that Satan hates, it's not only God Himself, but He hates His law. He hates this Word. And of course, Unretainer society reflects this. An unretainer society, while it is seeking for the answers to this lawlessness is abroad and the results of it, because it's unregenerate, never comes up with the right answer. Unretainer society keeps on putting a baton wounds. But this is the reason why we live in a lawless society. It reflects its master. Belial. It is a belial-like society. I'll tell you something even worse than not only is this the attitude of society at large, but it's also the attitude in many invisible churches. In fact, close to the attitude in invisible church at large. The thing to be named for it is anti-Nomianism, anti-Nomos law. Against almost law. Antinomianism against law. The visible church respects the world in this respect. It doesn't like to face up to God's law. God's commandments, God's requirements—not only in the Ten Commandments, which are but a, a skeleton of what the Scriptures teach at large—explain further in many ways. Despite many people's empty. first parents. They became lawless. Society has become lawless. The visible church has become lawless. Are we? That's the question. What regard do we have as a visible church professing to know and love the truth for the law or are we always desiring to break away from it? to it, not to be held accountable to it. Remember, if this be the case, then we reflect in the And that's pretty solid. Especially today we hear so much argumentation about don't preach the law in the visible church. Because that uh, Maybe legalism. We've had that here. We've we've been through that not all that long ago, haven't we? That came up as one of the issues, didn't it? The preaching of the law seeking to apply it was bang. It destroyed one's liberty. And the word, hopefully has been cast out way of protecting this truth. Well it's not true of any of us. We read this law, this portion of every Sabbath morning. Exodus, the following of Exodus, you know, win, win. It's is still the same as ever it's been, it's still the same as when it was given. you tamper with God's law, you tamper with God's thoughts. And you're saying, God isn't the same today as he was yesterday. So it gets down to something very serious to have some type of antagonism against the law and its application to the life. It is a like There's no slug- it's not simply a matter of interpretation. It's not some matter for theological disputation. We are called upon to surrender to it. For Satan wouldn't. Devil wouldn't. Belial wouldn't. And doesn't desire to so. is this- set the scriptures of various against each other. If you want to know the satanic all you have to do is go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 9 and 10. 10. Actually. But we know that the law is good, and use it lawfully. Knowing this the law is not made for a righteous man. In other words, he, he, he really doesn't need it for the, the Holy Spirit to work in him. And he knows it's true. He knows it's right. He knows it's good, as Paul did, for example in spite of his struggle with his sinful nature. It's made for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, Is is the daily newspaper. This is just like today's verdict, isn't it? murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, manslayers. This is all, these are all examples of lawlessness, of Belial-like behavior, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured curses, And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. What is this saying the law is? And the application of the law is? Sound doctrine. It's synonymous. The person who decries it. The person who denies it. The person who doesn't want it. Is not sound in doctrine. Yet we have so many claim to be Orthodox. This leads us very beautifully into the next title that is given. The next name is given because this is all part of what we call deception. Now we begin that. Another name that reveals how Satan is, is the word deceiver. Revelation 12.9 So, Satan, the devil, the liar, is a deceiver. And we want to establish this, first of all from Scripture, before we begin to analyze what it means. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, we've looked at these terms, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Now we move to chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. Remember, John has actually been given this vision. It's amazing what an experience he had. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit that speaks of something that's eternal. It has no bottom. It's forever. And a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, God sure multiplies the names so we can't miss him, does not he? And bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. Then to verse 7. When the thousand years are expired Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth oh, and to gather them together to battle number of whom is as the sand of the sea they went up on the breadth of the earth compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them what a, what a scene John was seeing and the devil that deceived them cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever ever. That's hell. That's where he's finally going to end up. And all who have been deceived by him along with him likewise. Just as we're sitting here, this hell is going on and waiting for his entrance in time. Forever and ever. Again, I remind you, of of the hell of the, scripture. the scriptures. The scriptures are graphic. It's real. Corinthians 11.3. You notice there the word "deceiver" is used again and again. The word "deceive" and "deceiving." I notice where the Holy Spirit takes Paul to historically. He takes him back to the garden. He takes him back to our first parents particularly Eve. Again, we have the name serpent given. But I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his suddenly. That's a way of describing deception. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. devil work by deception again okay. so we come to 1st Timothy 2:14 as a further commentary on that and this time the word is actually used And Adam was not deceived, the devil didn't initially come to Adam, he surrendered to his wife's uh, suggestions, which was his folly, if they took him away from God and from God's law, he was created the head, he should have been the decision maker. Especially in spiritual matters, when he failed. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression.